This is a Liberty Baptist Church sermon podcast. LBC is pastored by Jordan Zeke and exists to reach the lost, disciple the saved, and send the called. For more information on our church, please check out our website at lbcspokane.com. We hope that you are encouraged by today's sermon and that it draws you closer to God. Today, we are going to be continuing our, our series on keys of thanks. We've been uh, doing this the past couple weeks. With the last two weeks, we've talked about two different keys. And so today, we're going to be hitting the third key. And next week will be our last week in this uh, series. And I know um, that you guys are all excited for uh, the end of this to be able to jump into uh, the life of Jesus. And I know I'm excited for it. But to recap, the last couple keys that we've had... Um, We've had the, the, the keys of accepting the gifts that God has given us. That's accepting the gifts of joy, love, and life that God has given us and to be able to understand those and to be able to understand that, that God, only through God can we have a certain level of joy and can, and only through God can we have eternal life and to understand that true love that He had when He sent Christ to die for us. And so we talked about that a little bit at the beginning of November. And then last week we talked about, um, of, through Matthew 6, talking about not worrying. And the key, the second key of giving thanks is just simply not to worry, is to understand that God's in control, that God has a purpose for our lives, that God understands what we're going through, that there's nothing new under the sun, and that God has given us a bigger role on this planet than he's given the grass and he's given the animals and he's given different things. And so if he's taking care of them, why would he not take care of us? And so we've been talking about those two different keys of just accepting those gifts from God and not worrying because he's in control. And today I want to talk about the third key, which is simply to act thankful. It kind of sounds simple because if we're if we're trying to be thankful and we're trying to to have an attitude of thankfulness, then it sounds kind of simple just to simply act thankful. But it's it's a little more it's a little more complex than that. It's a little more interesting to look at because it's not as simple as that. And so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 17. We're going to look at a, a story, and you may have heard it, but it's a story of Jesus healing some men. And we're going to see their response to this healing. So starting in Luke chapter 17, verse 11, here is what it says. It says, And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face and his feet, or at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Where, or Were there not ten cleansed? And where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. 
So today I want to look at this story, this story of, of Jesus say, or, uh, of him healing these lepers and just to, to kind of recognize three different aspects of this story and three different aspects that we need to recognize because we're a lot like these ten lepers. And so the first thing that we need to recognize is we simply need to recognize our condition. We need to recognize that there is a certain level like these, leper, like these lepers that there's something wrong with us. We have issues. We've got things going on. And so we need to recognize our condition. Before we look at how, how we can look at our condition, let's look at how the ten men that had leprosy looked at their condition. So if you don't know what leprosy is, it's this disease, it's a skin disease that kind of, it lasts forever. It's something that, you know, we think of it as, um, I can't think of the, the disease that we compare it to today, but it's the skin disease that really, it's, it's, in, can fit, or it's contagious, it's infectious, and it, it makes life difficult. Leprosy is something that, that has been dealt with since the beginning of the Bible. It's a disease that brought social abandonment, persecution, and loneliness. These men knew where their lives were heading because of this leprosy. Leviticus 13, 43-46 uh, says this, Then the priest shall look upon it, the skin disease that they have, and behold... If the rising of the sore be white and reddish in his bald head or on his bald forehead, as the leprosy appeareth in the skin of the flesh, he is a leprous man. He is unclean. The priest shall pronounce him utterly unclean. His plague is in his head. And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, his head uh, bare, and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip and shall cry, unclean, unclean. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled. He is unclean. He shall dwell alone. Without the camp shall his habitation be. So these men, this is, this is all the way back in the Old Testament in the Levitical law and what most people were, uh, were abiding by and people were trying to live by. And so if somebody had leprosy during this time, they had to excommunicate themselves from civilization. They had to get out of the city. They had to create their own little communities taking care of each other. That's why there's 10 men here is because realistically, nobody else is going to take care of them. Nobody else wants to go near them because it's contagious. It's something they can get. And so because of that, they have to go outside of the city. They have to, if they even come near anybody, they have to start yelling, unclean, unclean. Don't come near me. I, I've, got, I've got this. And so it's a hard life. It's things that they don't want to do. It's things that are, are difficult for them because, I mean, if all of a sudden I get a disease, I can't be with any of you guys. If I all of a sudden got leprosy during this time, I would be shunned, I'd be sent out, and i have to live in, in, in the middle of the country with nobody to help me. That's what leprosy does. It, it excommunicates these people from civilization. But not only that, these men couldn't even come back into society until they were declared clean. Because in Leviticus, it talks about going before the priest. It talks about if, if, if the leprosy looks like this, if it does this, if I encourage you, if you want to, go back and just read all of Leviticus 13. It goes really deep into it of just, hey, if it looks like this, if it, if it's, if just all of these different things, it's, it's crazy. But they have all of these different circumstances in which they qualify as leprosy, 
but then to even come back, this is what it says they have to do. Numbers 5, 1 through 4 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they put out of the camp every leper. So just like Leviticus is saying, separate them, get them out of the camp. And everyone that hath an issue, and whosoever is defiled by the dead. Both male and female shall ye put out, without the camp shall ye put them, that they defile not their camp, in the midst whereof I dwell. And the children of Israel did so, and they put them out of the camp, as the Lord spoke unto Moses, as he did the children. This is talking again about Moses having to, to, to reiterate and God telling him, hey, if they are lepers, send them out. Get them out of here. Because this is a holy place. It's a holy people. This is God's chosen people. And so he's saying, I don't want them to defile all of my people. Get them out of here. It's not because of anything they've done. It's just simply because they're sick. Because they're diseased. Because of what's going on. And so when we look at Luke, Luke 17, 11, it says, And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem, he passed through the midst of Samaria, and as he entered into a village, there met him ten men that were lepers, and they stood afar off. So we see that, that because of this, this disease, because of this illness, they understood their role in society. They understood that I need to be separated. I can't be with other people. I can't help, I can't infect other people. They understood what their condition was. They understood what to do about their condition. They understood how to go about their condition because it's something that is, it's important to understand. And so for them to recognize their condition, they had to be completely separated from society. So their condition was leprosy. However, our condition is simply that all men have sinned. Their condition is that it's a, it's a surface level skin disease that they can't cure, but our disease is that we have an internal disease that we can't cure. All men have sinned. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's not just me. That's not just you. That's all of us. Every single one of us. We all have this condition. We all have this disease of sin. Not only that, but Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Meaning, because of our sin, we deserve to, just like those lepers being excommunicated from society, we deserve death. Because that's our condition. That's the thing that's wrong with us. Simply that we have sin. And it's something that, just like those men, we cannot cure ourselves. It's something that we cannot contain. And so the first thing we need to recognize is recognize our condition. The second thing that we need to recognize is our Savior. These men, they recognized who their Savior was. In Luke 17, verse 13, it says, And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go, and show thyselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that where they went, or when they went, they were cleansed. But they start right there in verse 13, and they lifted up their voices. They said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So again, I want to look at these ten lepers and to simply understand that these ten lepers knew Jesus is Master. He's the one in control. He's the one with the ultimate authority. 
Luke 17, 13 is what we've been reading. It's they lifted up their voice and it said, Jesus, Master. But if you break it down and you break down what, what these different Greek words are, this idea of master is a much deeper meaning than most people usually talk to Christ about. This word master is, is I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to pronounce this in the Greek, but I don't know Greek, so it's not very good. Uh, it's epistates. I think I got that. Epistates, or they called him master. This is, this is, this is a whole deeper relationship than just simply teaching. This word for teacher is didaskalos, meaning rabbi, teacher, person who is teaching. The only person who usually call Christ master is his disciples. It's the one who know his power. It's the one who know his control, know the purpose that he is here. And so for these men to all of a sudden call Jesus master on a deeper level than just simply teacher, than the normal society calling him teacher, they understood who Christ was. They understood this is a man who's done miracles. This is a man who's, who has power. This is a man who can help us. And that's simply what they say. They say, they say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Help us. Get us out of this predicament. Some people try and say that this is them asking for provisions, asking for help, because like I said, they're, they're completely outside of society, so they're having to live on their own. They're having to, to get food by themselves and just the ten of them. But I think this is them saying, Jesus, we understand your power. You're our master. You're not just a simple person. You're, you are master to us. So please help us because we know that you can. The 10 lepers knew that Jesus is master. They understood his role, his authority, the power that Jesus holds. But not only do the, the 10 lepers know that Jesus is master, but we know that Jesus is master and Lord. That's what we would call him. We would not just simply say, hey, he's teacher. He's, he's, he's trying to tell us things. No, we know that he is our master. He's the one in control. He's the one with authority. And he is our Lord. Some verses that, that help us understand that are verses like John 1, 1, where it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Meaning Christ is God. He is master. He is Lord. He's the one with authority. 1 John 5.20 says, And we know that the Son is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son Christ Jesus, or Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Romans 9.5 says, Whose are the fathers and of whom is concerning the flesh Christ came who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. And then Philippians 2, 5 through 8 says, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, but took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. We know from these verses and many more like these verses that Christ is not simply, we talked about this in the Sunday school, is not simply just 100% man, but he's also 100% God. 
He is master. He does have authority. He is Lord. And so for us to, number one, recognize our condition, we have to realize that like these men, we have an incurable disease and that ours is sin. But then the second thing that we need to do is to recognize our Savior and understand that he is master. He is the one in control. He is the one with all the power. And that through him is the only way that we can be healed. That's what they're saying here. They say, they say, they lift up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Help us, heal us, fix us, please, because he's the one who can. And so we need to recognize our condition. We need to recognize our savior. But the last thing and the thing I'm going to spend the most time on is we need to recognize our response. We see here that there's, there's two different responses to what happens when Jesus heals these men. The first thing that we need to want to look at is that the ten lepers obeyed Jesus' command. They understood his authority, so they did obey his command. We see that in Luke 17, 14, it says, And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show thyself or yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. This idea of going and having that obedience is important because there's a whole lot of people who who find Christ and accept Christ and make that first step of, hey, yes, I have obeyed Christ. I have accepted Christ into my heart. These 10 lepers, they obeyed Christ and that healed them. That's fantastic. We are so glad that all 10 of those lepers got healed. Just like how... For our response, if we accept Christ, then we get saved. Then our sin gets washed away. Then our curse, our our disease gets cured. That's fantastic. And this, this idea of a response is very similar that we see to 2 Kings chapter 5, 10 through 14. And this is, I'll read it to you because it's an interesting story that's very similar to this. So it says in 2 Kings 5, 10 through 14, it says, And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, being Naaman, who is the main character in this story, is man by the name of Naaman, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth, and he went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on my or on the name of the Lord his God, and strike his hand over the place and recover and recover the leper. So this is a man by the name of Naaman. He's got leprosy just like these other men. And he says, hey, go ask this prophet. Go ask Elisha that he can help me. And Elisha says, go dip in the Jordan River seven times. And Naaman gets upset because he's like, I thought he would just come. He'd put his hands on me and he'd heal me. That's what that's what would happen. That's what I was imagining would happen. And so he turned away in rage. But then in verse 13, it says, And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? He's saying, if if he would have said, just do this, wouldn't you have done it? Because that's what you want. You want healing. How much rather than when he had said to thee, wash and be clean. So then he went down and he dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the, the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. The healing doesn't always come when we want it to. It doesn't always come just simply because, boom, 
God's done it. There is a step of obedience that we have to do. Just like a step of obedience that these lepers had to do, just like a step of obedience that, that Naaman had to do, we have to take that step of obedience to be saved from our disease. So there are many times in which people act like, like these, these nine lepers in which they get saved and then, and then they just keep on going about their lives. That happens a whole lot that we see is people have this condition of sin and they get saved and they, they confess their sins unto God and he comes into their lives, but then they go and they act like nothing happened. So I want to look at the fact that only one leper came back and gave Jesus the glory. So it says in Luke 17, 15, uh, 15 through 17, we'll look at it. And it says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Only one leper came back and gave Jesus the glory that he deserved. Jesus just saved 10 of them. He healed 10 of them. And rather than all 10 coming and saying, thank you, Jesus, for healing us. Thank you, Master, who we know is the reason we're healed. Nine of them just said, sweet. I'm so glad I'm healed. And they went about their business. Only one of them came back and did what we were supposed, what he was supposed to do. He laid down at Jesus' feet. He knelt and he glorified Jesus. And not only that, but it also says that he was a Samaritan. That's implying that the other nine were probably more than likely Jews. So this is a man who, who the Jews should be glorifying Jesus even more because he's a Jew. And Samaritans have a bad relationship with Jews. And so for him to come back and to glorify Jesus the way that he does is miraculous. But only one leper came back and gave Jesus the glory. All ten responded to what Jesus had said. All ten obeyed him, obeyed the commands, and their response was right. That's what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to obey Christ. But only one came back and gave God the glory. Only one came back and talked to Jesus again. So how does that apply to us? What do, what do we do that about that? Well, simply, we must obey Christ's commands. Exactly the same way the ten did and where they, they still turned around and they were heading to the priest to be marked as clean, to be said, hey, they're okay to go back into society. We need to be obeying Christ's commands. So what does that look like? What are these different commands? Well, there's four commands that I want us to look at. Four commands that I want us to, to understand that we need to obey. Actually, three. Sorry, I said four. There's only three commands that I want to look at. Number one, that's seek God. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. This is Christ talking. He's saying if we seek God, if we do what we're told, and we continue to pursue God, then the things that we need, the things that are going to save us, the things that are going to recover us, are going to be given to us. Not only that, but then we're told to repent. Matthew 4, 17 says, From the time Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So those two right there, 
That would be what the other nine lepers did. They obeyed God, or they obeyed Christ and what he told them to do, to go and show himself to the priests. That's how we are with those two, is that if we are saved and we've sought God, then we've repented, then we have received that salvation, and that's good. That's important. That's necessary for the healing of our condition. But this last command that Christ gives us is what the last leper did. And that's simply to let your light shine and give God the glory. Matthew 5.16 says that exactly. It says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Jesus, when he's talking to this man, he says in Luke 17, 17 through 19, it says, And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not, they are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Christ says that these other ones, they obeyed his words, but they didn't. Give God the glory. Lots of times that's that's how we are in life, is that we might obey Christ and we might seek him and we might repent, but then after that we're just going to live about our lives. We're going to do whatever we want. We're going to continue to live however we want. But how is that acting faith? How is that acting thankful? If we truly are thankful for what Christ has done, just like this one leper, we should go before him. We should glorify him. We should bow down before him. We should give him our praise. We shouldn't be like these other nine who are not near as thankful. Because that's what we're called to do. We are called to seek God. We're called to repent. We're called to let our light shine and to give God the glory. Because if we don't do that, then we're not truly living as we've been called to, and we're not truly acting thankful. So one of the keys to thanks is simply to act thankful. That means to understand, just like those other ones, that there are certain gifts that God has given us, that there's a certain amount of worry that we don't need to have because God's in control, but also simply that Christ has saved us if we are saved, and so we need to act like it. We need to make sure that we are giving him the glory. If you think about it, these 10 men who are separated from society, people probably know, okay, you know, if it was me, Jordan's, Jordan's out there. He's a leper. We can't touch him. We can't talk to him. But then all of a sudden, one day, if I got healed and I came back into society, that'd be a huge thing. That would be miraculous. That would be, man, what's going on? What is this? And just from, just from the ways that, that, they reacted, I would assume these nine were just, oh man, we, we met a guy and he saved, you know, he healed us. It's no biggie. Whereas this other one would just as he did before glorify God and say, oh, it's because of Jesus that I'm healed. It's because of Jesus that I'm saved. It's because of Jesus that I'm saved. It's because of nothing I did. It's because Christ helped me. That's how we should be in our lives. Is, hey, I've sought God. I've made sure that, that I know who God is. I've repented of my sin. I know my condition. I know my Savior. But my response is simply that I want to glorify God for healing my condition. I want to glorify my Savior for healing me from this disease that had me excommunicated from Christ. Because that's what sin does. It makes us separated from God. Just like these lepers separated from society, 
sin separates us from God, and that's an even bigger burden. That's an even bigger just atrocity to realize that if we are sinners and we live as sinners and we don't accept our Savior, then we don't get to live with Christ. We don't live, get to live with God. John 3.16, I know I, I like to bring it up a lot because it's super familiar to people. It's for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, shall not be excommunicated, shall not be separated, but shall have eternal life. That's eternal life with Christ. That's eternal life with our Savior. But we have to understand that, that we need to recognize the condition we are in. We need to recognize the sin that we have, that we are, we are a fallen man, that we, we cannot do this on our own. We need to recognize our condition. We need to recognize our Savior, that only through Master, through Lord, through Jesus Christ, can we heal that condition. But then the last thing that we need to do is we need to recognize our response, that we need to make sure that we are responding correctly to what Christ has called us to do. It's one thing to just get saved, and that's fantastic. I want to glorify God with you that if you are have accepted that salvation. But it doesn't stop there. Yes, you're saved. Yes, you get to live with Christ forever. But we have been called to glorify God continually, to be a light on the hill, to be something that people can look at and say, that man's different, that woman's different, this person is different, because why? Because of Christ. Because they had this disease, but they're healed. Because they lived this way, but now they're saved. You know, it, I always, I always hear these, these big testimonies, and they're fantastic of people who are, who are alcoholics, who, who are into drugs, who are doing all these different things, and then they, they get saved and they turn their lives around. But that's just as amazing as the person who, who was living as well as they could be, but then still realized, I'm a sinner. I've tried not to lie. I've tried not to sin. I've tried not to do these things, but I am a sinner. Because it doesn't matter our, it doesn't matter our, our background. It doesn't matter the life choices we make. We all have the condition of sin. And there's only one way to fix that. And that's simply to accept our Savior and to respond to Him. So today, I want uh, to just take a moment. I want to pray, and then we have a little special um, prayer service at, at the end after here. Um, but I just want to pray with you guys. If there's anybody today who has not accepted Christ, who does not understand the condition that they're in, who does not understand the Savior, who doesn't understand the response that needs to be made, then I want to talk with you. I want to walk you through this. I want you to help you act thankful. Because we cannot act thankful, we cannot accomplish this third key to thanks if we don't have anything to be thankful for. And so today, I want everybody's head bowed and their eyes closed. And I just want to take a minute to, to pray with you guys and to, to pray for anybody here who has not accepted Christ. Dear Lord, thank you for today and just thank you for this opportunity to just be up here and to be able to talk about this third key of thanks and to act thankful and to make sure that, that what we are doing with our lives and what we are doing throughout everything is important, Lord. And that we know that it's our life choices that, that really determine what's going to happen in the end. That we need to recognize we're sinners. We need to recognize our condition. That we need to recognize you sent your son to die on a cross for us.
that he is our Savior, the only way to be healed. And then the last thing that we want to do is to recognize that we need to respond to you correctly. So today, help us to live that out and help us to continue to glorify you in everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen.